It may be lawful, but is it expedient or edifying? Are you ready to face the truth? Face the Truth is the weekly podcast from the Truth Church of Olathe, Kansas, with our pastor and Bible teacher, Bishop Gregory Riggin. Thank you to everyone who is listening. I trust that today's episode will be a blessing to all those who tune in. As we wrap up this series on Christian maturity, it comes down to one word, balance. Playing it safe or not being too hard can easily push us too far one direction or the other, tipping the balance. Staying between the extremes is a way to stay modest, not only physically, but spiritually as well. God may have given me a personal conviction, but that does not give me the liberty to push it on someone else. I need to just live it the way God gave it to me. Someone may adopt my conviction, but it needs to be because of my actions, not my words. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, Paul tells us, But take heed lest by any means this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block to them that are weak. By following my pastor's standard and the convictions God has given me, I can truly love my brothers and sisters, not putting stumbling blocks in their path. Being balanced helps me love my church family in this way. Now let's join in this last episode. As a new convert, and remember that I didn't have parents in the church when I first came into the church. So I wasn't raised in this. I didn't have anyone to guide me. So I'm trying to learn everything. I'm brand new to everything. And we had people in the church where I prayed through that had all kinds of convictions. We had a couple that had a conviction against any kind of card games, any kind, not just regular playing cards, but even if it was Rook or it was Uno, Uno, whatever. If it was cards, it looked like gambling in their minds. Same thing was any games that required the use of dice because of the association of dice with gambling, they would not play a game that involved dice. Well, I'm a brand new convert and I'm hearing them openly express these things. And so I'm thinking, oh man, so this is what I'm supposed to do. Well, I'm not going to play those card games. I'm not going to play the dice. And I'm just adopting whatever conviction I'm hearing from anybody else. Well, you get to the point when you've got a church full of people with differing convictions and they're all okay. voicing their convictions, all of a sudden you can't do anything. Right. And that becomes discouraging because you can't live up to this level of perfection that you're perceiving by adopting everyone else's convictions. So this whole Christian liberty, Christian maturity says, all right, God's given me this conviction. I'm going to live it, but I'm not going to force it on someone else. Or I don't have this conviction, but I know if I pursue this activity, it could draw someone else down. And so I'm going to refrain. But in both instances, I'm not doing what's best for me. I'm not using it as an occasion for the flesh. But in charity, I'm considering the weakness of my brother and my sister, and I'm trying to do whatever I can to help them in their Christian walk. And I don't want to get too sidetracked into the whole preacher issues, but we've just got to be so careful because 
there are pastors out there that they'll condemn a whole church because that church does not adhere to some particular standard that they're very adamant about. And they expect everybody else's saints to live up to the standards they hold. But there's no Christian love. There's no charity in adopting that kind of stand. We've got to allow some leeway here because there are areas where we're operating off of principle. Yes. For example, modesty. The Bible never really defines the word modesty. I don't have the authority to create a worldwide definition of how long a sleeve has to be to be modest. I don't have that right. But I know men that if you don't have your sleeves to your wrist, you're a liberal. Now, the amazing thing was many of these men preached my pastor because he was hard as nails on a lot of things. But sleeve length was something he was not. Now, he wouldn't let them go sleeveless, but he never preached against wearing short sleeves. Even in a church setting? He did not preach against it. I personally didn't feel comfortable with it, which it's a long story for me. I received the Holy Ghost in a small church in North Texas before I moved to Elder Davis's. But in that small church, that pastor had never preached against short sleeves, and I wore them. But one day he got up and preached against it. I mean, he really hammered down on it. Well, I'm not trying to throw him under the bus, but I found out later that another church had invited our choir to come sing, and they required long sleeves there. And rather than him just get up and say, look, when we go over to that church, wear long sleeves, I guess in his mind he felt like we as the saints would think that he was liberal because he didn't hold to the standard, so he just got up and preached it. Well, I didn't know why he preached it, when he did. I had no idea, but from that moment, I said, okay, my pastor preached against short sleeves. I won't put on the short sleeves again. The amazing thing was some years passed and we're doing this walkathon to raise money. You remember the walkathon. Some of our listeners may not remember a -a walkathon, but you get sponsors, (laughs) you get so much per mile or later it became per kilometer. We were doing a walkathon, and we showed up at this walkathon, and the pastor had on a short sleeve jumpsuit. And my mind was blown because from the time he'd gotten up and told us not to wear them, I mean, he right. was so strong that night that he said, If you don't have long sleeve shirts, go to the Goodwill and get some. So, I mean, he really let the hammer down on it. But again, no qualification that this is what we want while we're over there. Right. So in my mind, okay, this is the standard. And I just said, I'm not wearing them. And then he shows up wearing short sleeves and I'm blown away. I don't even know what to think. A year or so later, we moved to Dallas and we're attending Elder Davis's. Well, Elder Davis didn't preach against short sleeves, but I'm just telling you there was something in me that I just never felt comfortable wearing short sleeves again. I couldn't feel good about it, even though I'd seen my pastor do it. Sure. And I remember one time putting on a short sleeve shirt and I was actually 
at Elder Davis's house, and he had us in minister's training. Was this a work party? <laughs> we were roofing his house. <laughs> and I actually had on like a, a dressy shirt, and I find out, okay, he wants us roofing. Right. And so his son, Brother Bobby Davis, said, well, you know, I might have a shirt you can put on. Obviously, it's going to be big for you, but I might have one you can put on. Well, he went and got me a short sleeve shirt. My pastor's son had given it to me. It was the only work shirt I had, and I wore it to roof the house. Got, I think, second-degree burns. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Shingle sand in your shoulder, <laughs> arms. I had water blisters mm. down my arms. In Brother Bobby Davis's defense, I remember him talking about, you know, he'd been raised, his dad didn't preach against it, but there was a day that one of the men in the church just made a comment to him one day. He said, you know, you just look more like a preacher with a long sleeve shirt on. And he said, there was something when that man said that to him that really struck him. And from that moment, hmm. he never put on another short sleeve shirt. Said all that to say, here my pastor was acid on some things. I mean... Brother, he gave us a list of who we could and could not listen to music-wise. I mean, he had a list of names. There were people forbidden. You don't listen to these people. He didn't allow us to use soundtracks. Okay. He didn't allow drums in the church. Wow. That almost seems anti-apostolic today, <laughs> you know. That would really stand out, it seems. I mean, he was hard on the things he believed. Okay. But there were things that other men... Today would have called him liberal over. Right. His view on marriage and divorce was not what a lot of other men's view was. He wasn't nearly as harsh about people getting remarried as some other men are. Yet I know men that if I allowed short sleeves in this church, brother, we would be taboo. Right. This would be a forbidden church. Sure would. We're going the way of the world. I don't preach to the wrist. I never have. I want to try to find a good place that, as I said, the Bible doesn't really give us a specific definition for the word modesty. So I just try to look at it from this standpoint. I try to make things simple. When you go to someone's house and they're going to serve you food, you say, I just want a modest portion. What does that mean? What does it mean to get a modest portion? Well, it's based upon their opinion of what modest well, is, too. It, it would, yes. Right, so they're going to take a smaller portion, just something that's not heaping and overflowing, just something that, in their judgment, would be modest. Yes, but it's not just a spoonful. It's not. Right. So modest basically means between the two extremes. Right. Don't give me just a bite, but don't fill my plate with it either. Right. So it's somewhere in between the extreme. So if we want modesty when it comes to covering our arms, I think let's go in between. Well, the measurement of an arm is from the shoulder to the wrist. And what's in between? The elbow. The elbow. And everybody has them. And everybody has them. <laughs> and so, and, and we can go back to Paul's statement, doth not nature itself teach you? There are some things that God just built into nature when he created us. Right? right. To me, if we're going to be modest, in between the extremes is the elbow. And I say, look, let's be on the safe side. 
let's keep the elbow covered at all times. If you've got your hands raised, keep your elbows covered. Let right. the sleeve be long enough that your elbows are still covered when your hands are raised. If we're talking about covering the legs, ladies, a leg is measured from the hip to the ankle. What's in between? The knee. The knee. Let's be on the safe side and let's cover the knee at all times. When you sit down, when you're worshiping God, when you're going up the stairs, Sure. Make sure that the skirt's long enough that your knee is never uncovered and you'll be modest. Now, there are men that want them to the ankles. Yep. And I don't condemn them for that, but I'm just saying there has to be a certain amount of give and take among us that we don't get the holier-than-thou attitude, but we don't get the flaunted-in-your-face attitude either. Sure. We're not so rigid that nobody else can fit into our fellowship group, but we're not so loose that others reject us out of hand. Let's consider our brothers and sisters in everything we do. Let's make our stands in Christian love. Now, when it comes to the local assembly, as Brother Hilton said, let the pastor make the decision. Now, if God puts a conviction on you, you keep that conviction, you maintain that conviction. If it's a true conviction, you live it. Right. This is one of the things that I tried to warn, especially our young preachers about through the years. We go off to meetings. Young preachers tend to go to more meetings than saints do for the most part. You're going to go off to some of these meetings. You're going to hear men preaching against things that I don't preach against. And it's going to be because of your heart, because of your spirit, because your attitude. It's just going to be a normal response for you to say, okay, I'm going to live that. And I've tried to say, be careful. I'm not telling you not to adopt it. But just be careful that you're not doing this in the passion of the moment. But pray it through. See if this is really something God's convicting you of. Or is it just something that, well, I want to do what he said. There's nothing wrong with that attitude, but he's not your pastor. So it's great to be open to what another man preaches. But before you just adopt it, pray it through. Determine, is this genuinely a conviction from the Holy Ghost? Is this something that God is telling me is going to hinder my spiritual walk? And the reason why I caution to do that is because somewhere down the line, that conviction will probably get tested. Sure will. And if it's not from God, you're probably going to abandon it. And when you abandon it, the devil will jump on that and beat you over the head with it for the rest of your life. So don't just buy into everything you hear preached. I've said way more than I wanted to say already. I've already addressed things I never intended to address on a podcast, all right? But this whole idea of social media, I've got dear friends that are adamant it's wrong. I sat beside a man that I highly respect who jumped up during the middle of someone else's preaching when they came down on social media 
And he proclaimed to the whole congregation, or at least anybody that could hear him from the congregation, state that if you have the Holy Ghost, you won't be on social media. This man's son married a girl who was on social media. Now, do you really believe what you said? Right. Because <laughs> if you believe that you don't have the Holy Ghost, then you let your son marry someone who didn't have the Holy Ghost. I'm not giving license. There are forms of social media that I think we have no business being on. Right. There are some forms that I think it's the worst thing that could ever happen to us to get involved in those. But some of my friends that are so adamant against it and preach against it and will remind me every time we get together, if we spend any time together, they are quick to remind me, well, we don't do social media. But their people are on LinkedIn. Right. I don't see a difference between LinkedIn and Facebook. Maybe somebody can explain the difference. I know the intent. <laughs> yeah, there's intent, but I don't think there's a line that's crossed. When it was originally developed, right. the purpose for LinkedIn was business networking. Sure. But it was still social networking. It was still networking. Right. And still is. But today, what LinkedIn is and does... You can make posts about anything. Yeah. You open LinkedIn, I don't see one bit of difference in the appearance of LinkedIn and the appearance of Facebook. I right. don't see it. Right. And my brothers, you are not consistent. If you're going to tell their people they're backslid to have Facebook, but you let them have LinkedIn. Right. The other thing is, these churches that don't allow social media, many of them... Their people are finding other ways to have social media. Things like photo streams, <laughs> where they share that with anybody and everybody, and they make comments, and what's the difference in that and what's happening on Instagram? <laughs> Let me throw one out for you. The Bible app. The Bible app. I was headed there, but I probably would have forgotten, so thank you for bringing <laughs> it up. But the Bible app. Because on that Bible app, they can communicate and they can message one another. Sure can. And they can make posts. Have private groups. Have private groups, Go private and, chats. They'll start reading plans together with strangers and they can chat with no telling who. Mm -hmm. I've seen it. Yes. And so all I'm saying is I'm not condemning these men for condemning social media. I'm just saying be consistent. Right. If it's really so wrong, if it's really so vile, get your people off the Bible app, get them off of LinkedIn, yep. get them off of everything. Yep. Photo streams, Google Photos, anything where you're sharing pictures and comments among groups. Because you can do the exact same thing with Facebook, Instagram. You can limit who gets on there. You can determine who you want to follow you and who you don't want to follow you. You set the parameters. Yeah. Forums. Forums. <laughs> and, you know, I can remember in the early days of social media, people getting on the preacher's forum and saying, isn't this a form of social media? Right. And these men saying, oh, no, no, it's not. No, it's not. The forum was um, a precursor. To yes, it is. <laughs> That's, That's right. It is social networking. 
We are networking as preachers, but we're networking. But only preachers are allowed, all right? Well, then you set up your Facebook page, and you only allow preachers to join it. Yeah, only friend your preacher friends. Yeah. You know. And the same thing happens there (laughs) as what happens on the preacher's forum. There is no difference. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. There's no difference. And don't expect people in my congregation to abide by your standard. Especially when your own people are finding ways to get around that standard. It produces a greater problem for them in terms of oversight. If they're going to be the shepherd and watch the sheep, what they're doing is they're scattering the sheep into different corners of the pasture, and now you're going to have to go over here and check this side and check this side and check this side. And I'm not saying that that's not happening in churches that support or are okay with social media, but it's just saying, no, here, okay, well, then they find the thing that is approved, and then that's where they're at. You know, there's... I guess somewhat I do that, because like TikTok, I don't see any reason for an apostolic to be on TikTok. Right. I just don't. I see no benefit in that. It's very similar to television. You don't have much control over what is being put in front of you. Right. And if you're not careful, you can allow Instagram to become the same thing. Right. You get to following the reels, I think it's called, or the stories. I don't know if it's stories, reels. I don't know what it is. But there's something there that if you just click on one. Well, in my holier-than-thou mentality, I'm not on Instagram, so I don't know. YouTube's the same way, brother. But you are on LinkedIn. (laughs) I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter. You're also on Twitter, yes. But on Instagram... At Jared K. Hilton, if you're wondering. (laughs) Now we're naming names. I see we're in the last episode. We're naming names. Hey, if we're going down, we're going down in flames. But on Instagram, there's this deal called Reels or Stories. I don't really know what's the difference. But I found one day, you just click on one of those, and all of a sudden... It's not Instagram anymore. It's just one after another of people's videos that they put on, and you get the rabbit hole. It's like television. Yeah. It's not based on who you follow or who you're connected to. They're feeding you whatever's the most popular. Yeah. Probably not even your interest as well. It's just whatever they got ready for you. It's viral. Whatever. Whatever's Whatever's going. Exactly. Right. Right. So I can see, but to me, that's all TikTok is. And then there are right. other things, I guess. There's always new forms out there. That I can't stay on top of them all. I can't either. But here's what I have told our people. If you're on a form of social media, the first thing you need to do is see if you can find my account. If you can't find my account, get off of it. That's right. If you do find my account, connect to me. Because you shouldn't be posting anything you'd be ashamed for me to see. That's right. Right. Put them in your Twitter circle. <laughs> Twitterverse. Twitter, Twitterverse. <laughs> Did I just coin a new phrase? Yes. I like it. Though. Put them in the Twitterverse. <laughs> Scripture and Twitterverse. <laughs> With that, I'm going to jump in here And we are going to bring this episode to a close. I know that it is not usual for me to be the one who gives the closing remarks. Normally, Brother Goff will do that. But this is a special time. And I think you may have heard Brother Goff make a statement during today's podcast that this was the last episode 
I just want to explain to all of the listeners of Face the Truth that this is indeed the last pre-recorded episode that we are going to do. Beginning January the 22nd, Face the Truth is going to take on a new form. We are going to start producing a live podcast. Now, right now, we're doing a weekly 30-minute pre-recorded podcast, and we've been doing that for some time. We're extremely grateful for all of the comments that have come in, the compliments, the kind words. Over and over, our listeners have let me know how much you appreciate this podcast, and I'm overwhelmed by that. I really am. I cannot express adequately my gratitude to each of you for being a part of Face the Truth for these many, many weeks. However, we do feel like that for now, it's time to make a few changes, and we're going to try this for a while. As I said, we're going to go to a once-a-month live podcast. Now, once we have recorded it, it will again go into the Apple and Google and Spotify podcast slots as being pre-recorded. It will still fill that. So those of you that are subscribed will still get a notification. But as I said, it will only be once a month as opposed to every week on Thursday. And so we do invite you to join us on Sunday night, January the 22nd. We'll begin at 8 p.m. Central Time. We will be streaming live on the Facebook page and the YouTube channel for the Truth Church of Olathe, Kansas. And as I said, we will also be providing the podcast after it's recorded through the normal channels. But again, we wanted to let you know of this upcoming change. This will be the final podcast of this pre-recorded series. But I did want to make you aware, and again, I did want to say thank you from the very bottom of my heart for your faithfulness, for your kind words, for the input we've received. And we would like to know if you like our new format we would like to hear from you. Sometimes, honestly, we wonder if we're doing any good, uh, if anyone's even listening. And without listeners, we are obviously just wasting our time. So I'm just asking that you be sure and let us know that you are listening. Let us know whether you like our new format. We did our first one this past Sunday night on December the 18th. And you can go back and find that on YouTube or on our Facebook page and listen to that. I talked about whether or not December 25th was actually the birthday of Christ. And you might be surprised at my conclusions. But we would like to hear from you. We'd like to know what you think about the impending change. And we'd just like to get some comments, ideas, future topic suggestions Anything that you could tell us that might be of help as we go forward. We want Face the Truth to be a blessing to the Truth Church, first of all, and then to the body of Christ as a whole. 
And so please get in touch with us. Please contact us. Let us know what you think. And hopefully we'll hear from you soon. And we hope that you'll join us live Sunday night, January 22nd, 2023 at 8 p.m. Central Time. God bless each of you. Thank you to all who have joined us. We pray that we have been a blessing and you have gleaned some useful insights. And thank you, Bishop Riggin, for once again sharing your wisdom. Thank you to everyone who has joined us for today's podcast. We want you to know that we are here to help you in any way we can. If there is anything we can do for you, please don't hesitate to contact us. Send your prayer request to prayer at olathetruth.com. That's prayer at olathetruth.com. If you live in the Kansas City metropolitan area, we invite you to join us for our services this week. Sunday morning at 10, Sunday evening at 6, and Tuesday evening at 7.30. For those who cannot attend, we will provide a live stream on our Facebook page, our YouTube page, and our website, olathetruth.com live. Until our next podcast, take care and God bless.